Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is on the air on this Friday. A big weekend for all of you playing fantasy football. It is do or die time. We'll try to help you out throughout the show. Also, some baseball news and notes. Jamie Eisenberg joins us for a recap of last night and a preview of the weekend. We're locked and loaded. It is Friday. Let's get Fantasy Sports Today underway right now. Fantasy Sports Today. And good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today on this November 22nd, 2019. Happy Friday to you. Great to be with you here live on FST. And as always, you can hit me up here on the show, 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. Uh, we got you from noon to 2 Eastern, as we always do on Fantasy Sports Today. It is Friday. That means there is a lot of football. We had some football last night. Uh, uh, two interesting games, by the way. And by the way, let me start off with that uh, before we go any further. We're going to dive more into what happened in the Texans-Colts game a little bit later on, but I don't know if those of you even paid attention. One of the worst possible football games uh, coming up uh, last night. <laughs> I looked at it, and I was wondering... Will there be any drama with North Carolina State and Georgia Tech? And you may say, oh, who cares? I watched the other game. Yeah, I did too. I, and honestly, I didn't have a lot of interest in North Carolina State, Georgia Tech. But I will say this. In all the weeks that I watch, it is so rare to have two games like the ones we had last night come right on the number in Vegas. Like literally right there. It was like two, two and a half, Georgia Tech being a favorite over NC State. Three, three and a half with Houston being a favorite over the Colts. And it literally came right down to the final play of both games. So, interestingly enough, a big win, let's just say, for the sports books last night when it lands right on the number. A big win for them. So, uh, entertaining game for sure for me last night. Had a little Little League practice and then caught the end of the football games there. I personally am am trying to decipher what wide receiver to pick up this week in fantasy like i am just like trying to uh, you know crowdsource this thing go on twitter look online i am in desperate need of an extra wide receiver for the playoff push and i gotta tell you i don't see anybody that is out there at all for me to be able to pick up that could do anything because some of the wide receivers that are available in these leagues are guys that are playing with these broken down quarterbacks and I want to have nothing to do with. And so in one league, I somebody cut A.J. Green, and I added him. And, you know, I, I don't think he's going to play, but I, I got to take my shot here because I think if I get to the fantasy playoffs and my wide receivers are Diggs and Allen Robinson, yeah, but you talk about streaky guys. Those two guys are the epitome of that. Trusting the Bears is almost impossible. Diggs didn't have anything in the first half last week. Then all of a sudden, six catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. 
So I think that's kind of my goal here is before Sunday to try to get ahead of the game and find a couple of backup players, uh, especially maybe on the teams that have bye weeks, maybe like on Kansas City with uh, with Hardman or Robinson, just trying to find someone that if a catastrophe happens to a starting fantasy player, that maybe I could potentially get a backup. And so that will be my goal. Uh, not a lot of football. I've also been paying attention to some college basketball, been diving in a lot harder this week. We have games going on now through uh, January during the day. A lot of day games because of these tournaments in Hawaii and Alaska and everywhere else. I'm trying to get a feel for the conferences, trying to get a feel for who looks good in the early part of the season. And as we go on and we end the fantasy football season, I'll, I'll try and give you as many tips as I can as to what I'm seeing in college basketball as well. Some trends, some totals. I uh, w- Once I get to usually Thanksgiving after next week, then I can dive a little bit more into that. So we'll get into that um, you know, as we go. Not a huge NBA guy, but I am big on college basketball. I like to try and do well in the tournament. And I like to try and do well in those brackets, so I, I will start paying attention to that as well. Uh, on the baseball radar, Jose Abreu signed a contract extension today with the White Sox. So back-to-back days, the White Sox have given up $50-plus million, 73 yesterday to Yasmani Grandal, 50 today to Jose Abreu. And so as, as our coverage begins with more baseball uh, on this show starting in uh, December and January, probably more January than December, but uh, December and January, White Sox look like they are back, huh? White Sox look like they have decided that the rebuild time is over because they certainly didn't have to sign Grandal nor Abreu. They have a young catcher named Zach Collins from the University of Miami who they took in the first round. I guess you can forget about him. He ain't going to be catching for them. Grandal, four years, $73 million. And as far as Jose Abreu is concerned, they must have had a wink-wink deal with him as he accepted the qualifying offer, which would have paid him $18 million, and instead they extend him out three years, $50 million. Abreu was an older player. Of course, he came from Cuba uh, in his late 20s. So this would probably be his final contract. He probably ends his career with the Chicago White Sox. So good job by them. They have some young pitching. And it is certainly fun to get excited about baseball signings. If you remember, last year at this time, we had nothing for months. October, November, December, January, like literally, Patrick Corbin was the only one who signed big con- a big contract even into January, and now we've had two players sign with the Braves and two players sign with the White Sox. So, and and by the way, another contract given to a player who'd never played a big league game today, twenty million dollars. Evan White. I don't know if you guys caught that as well, but uh, Evan White obviously going to be a big league player this year. They wouldn't have given him that deal. So millions and millions of dollars are being spent and tossed around. I like it. Maybe we will have a hot stove in baseball this year because we didn't have one at all last year. It was brutal. So hoping for better things this year. All right, so we're off and running here on Friday. Let me set you up for the rest of the show. Coming up next, we got the opening drive. I'll go through some hot topics in fantasy and reality. We've got trust or bust. Sean's going to throw some names out at me. I'll give you the answers. A full preview of Ohio State, Penn State coming up. We had John Lobb on the show, the Gridiron Scholar, yesterday. We'll replay that back for you coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Always fun talking to Johnny Lobb. 
Uh, second hour of the show, I'll give you a full top 25 preview in college football. We're coming to the end here of the college football season, so I go game by game with you spread-wise in the top 25. Jamie Eisenberg joins us in the second hour of the show. We always do two segments with him on Friday, one that recaps the Thursday night game and one that takes a look ahead at the weekend. So those of you who are listening on demand, you know how to fast-forward and rewind to whatever you want to hear on this show. That gets you all set up. Let me take a quick timeout. I got the opening drive coming up next year on Fantasy Sports Today. And we'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Fantasy Sports Today presents... First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. Welcome in. It is the opening drive on this Friday. Great to be with you as we're ready for the fantasy football weekend. We've got some great programming, by the way, over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. You guys should go check it out. We're doing some amazing things uh, over on SportsGrid TV. I don't know if you guys caught Squawk Box uh, yesterday or was it the day before? Two days ago. Uh, Lou Mayone, our... Uh, our, uh, our big boss there was on television there talking about sports grid, all the great things that are happening. I know that uh, Mike Cardano is heavily involved. I, I can't wait to see what the future of uh, all of our TV and all of our channels are. But in the interim, all you have to do is download the apps such as Zumo TV and Pluto TV, and you can catch us and catch everything that we do on sports grid 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And go ahead and visit the FanDuel Sportsbook this weekend as we're broadcasting live Saturday and Sunday. In addition, from what I understand, we will be live uh, next Thursday on Thanksgiving Day. That's how hard we're working here on SportsGrid TV. Now, uh, full disclosure, I will not be working very hard. I have the day off next Thursday on Thanksgiving. Uh, I will be off also next Friday. (laughs) I will be off. Uh, I, I offer to work. I offer to do the shows. But let's be honest, how many people... At noon on Thanksgiving Day, are tuning in to hear me talk football. Uh, probably not many. I get it. I get it. Uh, I understand it. And and honestly, anybody who uh, does that alternative, and I've heard this before. I've been in radio for and TV for twenty five years, and there are some program directors who once every ten years think I'm going to do something cool. I'm going to program against the Thanksgiving Day football. I'm going to program against people who are who are celebrating Thanksgiving. And they never do it again. They do it one time. They realize it's a complete disaster. It makes no sense whatsoever. And then they never do it again. It's just people are are not enthralled with that on Thanksgiving Day. Here's what we're enthralled with. We're enthralled with food. We're enthralled with football. And that's about it. Is there is there anything else to say about Thanksgiving? Uh, three games next week, which we'll talk about, including let's not let's not disregard the college football game next Thursday night, the Egg Bowl, Mississippi and Mississippi State. That should be a fun game. Okay. I think I just went through four downs without even doing any. All right, so first down, Matthew Stafford announced today by the Detroit Lions will not play again this week. I think this seems to be trending toward the season. I know what they're saying. 
I, the Lions are saying all the right things. He's not out for the year. He probably could come back. And you know what? Maybe he will come back. But I got to tell funny things happen, and it didn't really work out for San Francisco. I've been banging this drum all season long, and no one's taken advantage of it. But with Jimmy Garoppolo out for all of last year, and the way that Nick Mullins played, I am shocked that no team kicked the tires on him. And I think that the Lions are in a similar situation. Jeff Driscoll, who I, of course, followed very closely because for a couple of years he played at the University of Florida quarterback, didn't necessarily work out. Uh, I believe he went to Louisiana Tech to finish out his career. Uh, Jeff Driscoll looks like either one or two things. Either teams are just haven't seen enough film on him, and so his improvising is, is catching them off guard, or he's good. I don't know which one. But he seems to play pretty well. He's gone against some subpar defenses. I get it. But if I am the Lions, I, I just what's the purpose for bringing Stafford back? You're going nowhere. And by the way, they have a short week next week, right? So odds are, wouldn't you say, next Thursday, Jeff Driscoll starting on Thanksgiving? Probably so, right? Probably so. So no Stafford this week. Get him out of all of your lineups again. And honestly, I think if you're playing in a fantasy league where you need a win this week or next, and you're preparing for the playoffs, just cut him. There's no point. Just cut him. I, I know that he was grading out as a QB1 for most of the season, but what do you need hurt guys for if, your record, if, you, if you're two games over 500? There's just no point. So uh, we'll start off there uh, first down. Second down, speaking of quarterbacks, do you remember the quarterback who played for the Buccaneers, was a backup in, uh, for a number of different teams for a number of different years, Josh Johnson? Does that name ring a bell? Detroit also? Uh, he signed with the XFL. We're starting to get this XFL news coming in hot and heavy. Let me be clear on this. Just like I was clear last year with the AFL. This is still minor league football. It is not going to work. In fact, uh, even a re- did, you, did you hear that the uh, Arena League shut down this past year? A buddy of mine took a job uh, with the New Jersey Blackjacks, they, a brand new franchise for arena football. My friend sends me a hat. He sends me a shirt. He sends me all this gear for the New Jersey Blackjacks. And a month later, they fold the league. And 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 guess what? I got I got a, a t-shirt out of it, and I got a, a hat out of it. But there's no league. It's very hard to sell any kind of football that isn't the NFL. Now, the good news for the CFL is there is a core group of people in Canada who love it, who watch it every single week. In fact, if I'm not mistaken. TSN, the broadcast company in Canada, in the last 24 hours, just re-upped with a five-year deal with the CFL. So that tells you that the popularity is there. If there is anything that's the minor leagues of football, it is the CFL. They have backing. uh, They do fairly well. People show up for the games. Beyond that, I just just don't see this, uh, this CFL succeeding, unfortunately. Uh, so that's second down. Here's third down. Now, we got a big run coming up here on TV for Saturday Night Live. We got a nice run of really good hosts, including Eddie Murphy, coming up soon, too. I believe Will Ferrell's going to host. And uh, in an interview pre- uh, coming up with Will Ferrell, who is going to take over Saturday Night Live again, this was a funny story. He, I don't know if, if you have seen this video on YouTube, but this is one of the all-time great sketches where they did a Blue Oyster Cult song. And Will Ferrell keeps screaming he wants more cowbell. Christopher Walken was the host. Well, recently, Will Ferrell says that he saw Christopher Walken at an event. And Christopher Walken told him, point blank, that you ruined my life with that cowbell uh, scene. Which he, of course, said it in jest. But it is pretty funny because it's one of the most popular 
uh, Saturday Night Live skits of all time. And I just love the idea of, of, of Christopher Walken being back as a host. But we are going to have some really good ones coming up for those of you who are Saturday Night Live fans. I have been a big SNL fan for a long time. I don't watch it nearly as much as I used to. I used to like live by it. I used to DVR it. And if I missed it, I would watch it in the morning. I don't do that anymore. But still, some really iconic skits that are going down there. And looking forward to seeing the new guests in December coming up on SNL. That's third down. Now here's fourth down. I don't get it. I've had comic books. They're worth nothing. Nothing. But meanwhile, this just happened earlier this morning. Marvel Comics 1. Okay, so this is the first Marvel comic book, I guess. October 1st, 1939 was released. And a near-mint condition Marvel comic book, according to Heritage Auctions, they say it's the finest known copy of the comic book, has sold for one2 Six million dollars. The auction house vice president said this is a historic copy of a historic comic book. It's not the most expensive book uh, comic book ever. Action Comics won the first Superman comic book, sold for three point two million dollars in two in two thousand fourteen. Now in the eighties, I had a lot of like fifties and sixties comic books that were handed down to me. But when I go to these comic book stores and I try and sell, I've tried to sell them before. They're like, yeah, we'll give you like $50 for the, for like 100 of them. I'm like, what? Like, I don't get it. Why was I not in the uh, 1930s comic book business is the question. And very similar to like 80s baseball cards and 90s baseball cards. 80s comic books and 90s comic books just did not end up uh, putting anybody through college. It didn't even, it won't even buy you gas. You can't, you can't even go to the grocery store and buy groceries with these comic books. Really sad. All the things that I thought that would be worth something in 30, 40 years are not. And, uh, and, and yet, sn- uh, sneakers, these new sneakers that come out immediately are worth hundreds of dollars. I, I, can't, I cannot figure out the market anymore. I'm getting too old. It's a millennial market, and I'm not involved in it. Very sad. All right, so that is the opening drive here on the show on this Friday. Hopefully you guys enjoyed those stories, and we'll bring more of them to you coming up next week. But here we got coming up next. It is a fan favorite. It is a listener favorite. The numbers just go off the charts for online listening. Those of you who listen on demand or you listen live, it's time to play a little fantasy football trust or bust. We bring in our producer, Sean Guastamacchia, the host of the afternoon show at the betting window. He'll ask me if guys are going to be trustworthy or they'll be busts in fantasy football, and I'll give you the answers. That's coming up next right here on FST. Don't forget, 2 o'clock Eastern, Dr. Roto, full-time fantasy. I'll be right back. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. All right, welcome back. It's time for Fantasy Sports Today and every single Friday here on the show. 
we bring in our producer, Sean Guastamacchia, and we play a little game of fantasy football, trust, or bust. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. All right, welcome back. It's time to play a little trust or bust. We figure out who in fantasy football will have a good week and who will not. It's it's just really that simple. And for that, we must bring in our trusty producer and host of At the Betting Window, 4 o'clock Eastern over on Sports Grid TV. His name is Sean Guastamacchia, the connoisseur of pizza in the city. Sean. <laughs> Hello, Craig. Nice to yeah, be with you good. once again. Oh, it's great. Yes. How is the how is the pizza these days? I haven't tried a, a new spot in a while, so I, I can't really give you any new material here. But uh, we definitely very got, disappointed. Uh, I'll have a list of places to go to when uh, you come to town in March, right? March. Yes, that will be the time for sure. If yes, I will. Why? What's going? on? I mean, exactly. You, it's a long you didn't, way. You didn't. It's a long you way. didn't play. You didn't play the adult music. So that's good. That's good. So I'm here so far. Uh, so so yeah, far so, so good. So far so good. Yeah. Uh, trust or bust? Uh, baseball edition. Before we get into football. Oh, okay. Uh, Let's do it. The Hall of Fame ballot uh, was released what this week, and mm-hmm. uh, haven't had a chance to talk with you about this. Uh, Derek Jeter leads the new list of um, Hall of Fame hopefuls. Uh, should he be the unanimous selection for the Hall of Fame a la Mariano Rivera? I don't think there's any question that he should be, but there's there's this inherent issue with, with Derek Jeter. I can't really figure it out, but now that I've got to know him a little bit, I, I guess I understand a little bit of it, which is because his, his, um, his record is so pristine, because his attitude was so pristine, because his baseball career was so pristine, people, it's like they, they just don't like that about him. It's so weird. So anytime he does anything, he is just basically a lightning rod for commentary. And because of that, I think that there are going to be some silly people who leave him off the ballot. But there's no doubt that he should be 100%. My guess is there's probably going to be two or three people that don't vote for him and don't make it 100%, but of course he should. Uh, there are these people within the advanced metrics that are that say that he wasn't the best defensive shortstop of all time. I mean, if you want to uh, poke holes at somebody, you could find anybody to do it. I mean, you could say that Mariano Rivera was a closer. Why does a closer get in the Hall of Fame? Like, you can find something about anybody to do it. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to uh, Derek Jeter, man, everyone just seems to have a... Uh, you know, like they, they find the negative, like they hunt for the negative with this guy. I don't get it. Now, conversely, what I'm seeing, especially in the very early balloting. Now, I don't think, Sean, that this is going to happen with all of the ballots, but the first five ballots have come out. To, uh, I think three people have said that they're only going to vote for Jeter because he deserves to be by himself. That's insane now. Yeah, now that's... you're hurting other people here. Yeah. Now, 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 look, if you don't want to vote for Bonds and Clemens because of the steroid stuff, that's fine. I would vote for both of them at this point. If you don't want to vote for Kurt Schilling because of his political views, that's up to you. I mean, that's that's your choice also. But you're hurting guys like Larry Walker, who did it at a very high level for a long time. Uh, you know, Walker eventually is going to be in the Hall of Fame anyway. They're putting in the guys who got missed, like Lou Whitaker and Don Mattingly and some of the Veterans Committee guys. Alan Trammell got in. Hal- Harold Baines got in the Hall of Fame last year. So you know eventually Walker's going to get in anyway. But uh, come on, let's 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 be a little uh, you know smart about this. Right. Hank Hank Aaron didn't go in the Hall of Fame by himself either. Okay. Uh, you know Ken Griffey Jr. did not go in the Hall of Fame by himself either. So Derek Jeter can go in with some teammates. Derek <laughs> Jeter can go in with some guys he played against, and I'm sure, and I'm going to try to get you know talk to him. But 
I'm sure if you asked Derek Jeter, he would say, hey, <laughs> you know, don't just vote for me. Vote for other guys, too. I would guess that he would say that. So, yeah. so in other words, opinion, jealousy will keep uh, Derek Jeter from getting uh, 100 It sounds votes. like it. Yeah. It, yeah. Sa- it, so- it sounds like pe- I guess it is jealousy. I don't, I don't get it. I don't follow it in the, in, the, in, the, in the short period of time over the last two years that I've had my interactions with him one-on-one uh, with other people, too. The guy's been nothing but a gem to me. And and has and has helped me, so I certainly don't get it. But All right, that's fine. Let's go some NFL trust or bust. Odell Beckham Jr. trust or bust this week? I mean, it, has there been a trusted week with Odell Beckham Jr. since when? Has this guy even have a touchdown this year? I don't even remember. Week two week two might have been the unbelievable. Last Boy, you would have to think that this is a trust week. I know that every week you've asked me about him, I've said bust. I, I think I'm going to go the other side this week. It's the Dolphins. And the, look, this is the same. The, the Dolphins are playing harder and playing better than they did in the first few weeks of the year when they were 20-point underdogs to almost every team in the NFL. But the Browns are going to roll, man. The Browns are definitely going to roll this week, I think. And um, and I'm going to say Beckham scores. Yeah, this is the All week, right. finally. I All think. Right. Get, and by the way, uh, Xavier and Howard, of course, out for the year. Rashad Jones out for the year. They're really desperate in the defense. And Minka Fitzpatrick traded, so that's three of the four guys. I think that that, uh, Cleveland's going to do fine. Speaking of your Dolphins, uh, John Brown, receiver for the Bills, had a big day. Oh, love John Brown. So, yeah, this week you you trust him to back that up. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. John Brown, who I've talked about for the last couple of weeks, I didn't realize what kind of season he's having. He's having one of the most underrated, understated fantasy seasons in 2019. You think I'm nuts? John Brown is a wide receiver one in fantasy football. He is. He Look, he's not the top three guy, but he is a back-end wide receiver one. He puts up numbers every single week. Josh Allen is getting better and better. This is a huge game for people who bet. Look, there. how many teams in the NFL, think about this right now, there are 32 teams. How many teams right now have gone over their season win total in the NFL? How many? Two? Not many. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't even know if there is two. I know two. the Bills are one, so yeah. <laughs> they have not. This is it. This is the week. The Bills six need to half, win this. I thought. They're at seven. Seven and a half, I thought. Oh, I thought it was six and a half. Sorry. No, I don't think it was six and a half. I think it was seven and a half. This is it. This is the week. So th- that tells you all you need to know about exceeding expectations. San Francisco is another one. So there's only a handful of teams that will do it. John Brown has been a star. Look at his game logs. If you don't believe me, this guy puts up 10, 15 points every single week. Trust John Brown all the way through the playoffs. I wish I would have. I almost had a chance to grab him in a league a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't do it. Big mistake. All right, let's go to the running back position. James Connors out. Jalen Samuels, trust him this week? Jalen Samuels in a PPR league will probably get you 8 to 10 points. This is uh, Jamie Eisenberg talks about Jalen Samuels coming up a little bit later. I, I, Pittsburgh's offense is so dreadful. They're missing. Let's let's get this straight here. Going back to last year, think about uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers a year ago. Who was the quarterback? Roethlisberger. Who was the top receiver? Antonio Brown. Who was the second best receiver? Juju Smith-Schuster. Who was the running back? James Conner. Who was the center? Marquise Pouncey. How do they even win a game? Honestly. I mean, think about the amount of skilled players that Pittsburgh had a year ago to now. It is staggering. The quarterback, both both receivers, the running back, and the center. <laughs> and they're all out. I can't trust it. Can't trust Jalen Samuels this week. 
All right, how about for Cincinnati? Do you trust any of the skill position players uh, going against? Yeah, the Mixon. Yeah, Mixon? They, yeah, they're for, they're forcing Mixon thirty touches a game. So so twenty five carries, five uh, targets. Uh, Mixon is is giving you ten fantasy points for sure. Yeah, I that, that's and, the only one. So not Tyler way. Boyd, basically. Well, I know Boyd yeah. said he wanted to see more stuff. And yeah, I mean, I, I look that that narrative has played itself into relevancy this year when guys have said that they want to see more targets and they want to get the ball. It has worked. Um, so yeah, so I'll 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 give Boyd eight to ten fantasy points this week. If I had him, I I guess I'd play him. All right, <laughs> all right. Let's let's move on. Bo Scarborough, Lions running back. No, stop. No, done. All right. No, David Montgomery. Oh, no. my no. Montgomery. Oh, I like you. Like you can't Every see week. video of me right now. I'm like my hands are on my face. I'm rubbing my eyes. Like I don't want to see this guy anymore. But I have him. Uh, yeah, I'm back on Montgomery this week against the Giants. You would think that if if the Bears are ever going to do it, it's going to be this week. I got to tell you. This is the weirdest line in all of of the NFL this week for me. And how in the world the Bears deserve to be six-and-a-half-point favorites over anyone? Like, even if it's the Redskins, I wouldn't make them six-and-a-half. Even if it's the Dolphins, I wouldn't make them six-and-a-half. I mean, mean, they can't even score. I don't get this at all. The only time that they've covered a spread in, like, all year, it feels like, is when they beat the Lions without Stafford. And that was close. They had the ball at the end of the game. I, I mean... I'm going to be completely wrong, and the Bears are going to win this game like 31-7, I guess, because this line just looks so off to me. But uh, I'll trust Montgomery this week, and I'll regret it next week. Here's a good one. Philip Lindsay against a uh, poor uh, Bills run defense. You trust him this week? Yeah, the Bills have struggled against the run a little bit. Yeah, I think I will. Um, Freeman has really taken a step back over the last couple of weeks, and it seems like Either Freeman has hit a wall because he didn't play that much, and now all of a sudden he's playing this year. But Lindsey, to me, is the clear running back to start on Denver. Or, I'm sorry, on Buffalo. Denver does not allow you, over the course of a game, to uh, hold the ball that long. They don't allow it. And Minnesota somehow found the remedy to that in the second half. But they are uh, a strict running team. They, they won't throw. And so Lindsey's going to get, I would think, 10 to 15 fantasy points in his sleep and a minimum of 20 touches this week against Buffalo. Yes, I trust him. All right. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Are we done? No, one more. A couple more. Jimmy Garoppolo, you trust him this week against the Packers? Um, Not really. Uh, no, I think I like San Francisco in this game, but I but I, I think that this is probably going to be a grinded-out, low-scoring game. Uh, you know, laying points against Rodgers is always dangerous, but I, I, I think San Francisco wins the game, but I see Garoppolo's numbers in the 10-point range, and I think they run a lot against the Green Bay defense that has shown a propensity to give it up a lot of yards on the ground. So we can end it there. All right, so that'll do it for uh, Trust or Bust. Now stay tuned because coming up next, John Lobb will join us on the show, and we talk some college football with him. Then we have the best of the first hour, a quick two-minute clip. Hour number two is a lot of fun. We're going to go through every top 25 college football game against the spread, I'll tell you what I think about every single matchup. Then Jamie Eisenberg will join us on the show as we recap the fantasy ramifications from the Thursday night game and also take a look at the weekend games as well. We'll take a brief time out. More of Fantasy Sports Today coming up next all the way through 2 o'clock Eastern, and then we turn it over to full-time fantasy. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As always, on a Thursday, we check in with the gridiron scholar, John Lobb, who loves his football, his college, his pro football. <laughs> loves his baseball as well, by the way. A very underrated uh, baseball mind in the industry as well. And we're going to break down some of the big games in college coming up this week. I'm going to dive in on some of these odds. A little bit later on, Joe and I are going to do a, a deeper dive on some of the FanDuel odds to uh, win the college football title. We'll go through that as well. But, uh, John, happy Thursday to you. Sadly, we are coming to the end of the college football season. we got this week, next week, and then I believe we have the championship weeks, Army, Navy, and then the Bulls, right? Is that pretty much it? Yeah, the, definitely the season is quickly coming to an end. The college fantasy football season is actually the shortest of all the fantasy seasons. I mean, it's basically three months long. Most leagues are in their championship games. Some might have it next week. Best balls are coming to an end. But, you know, there's still some good football to be played. I still enjoy the bowl games because I use them as a mechanism for scouting and to see which freshmen and sophomores are going to receive more playing time. But the meat and the potatoes is basically done. We're looking for a few big games now. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that when you get to those bowl games, what's changed significantly, and Joe and I will talk about this later in the show, John, is uh, you know last year I think we had about a dozen kids of relevance that didn't play, and I think we're heading towards even a lot more than that coming into this bowl season. So kind of hard to handicap these because these kids know that their future is in the NFL, and with the college football playoff, if you're not in it, then you're kind of out of it. There's not a real point there. Uh, let's get to this week. Okay, so the big game is Ohio State against Penn State, but is it a big game? I'm not sure. The line is 18. I can't find anybody that's taking Penn State in this one, John. I, I, I just can't find anyone to take them, even with the line being as high as it is. I mean, is just is Ohio State on a mission here? Are they just that good a team? Because I, I feel like Vegas is dragging us to take those points. How can they possibly beat a team that good in Penn State by three touchdowns? But I can't find any of the money on Penn State. Craig, I agree with you. I want to take Penn State. Like, I've been looking at the numbers, and I like this offense, and their defense is very underrated. Now, maybe if the Nittany Lions were home, I could kind of make the argument. But they're traveling to Ohio State, and the Buckeyes are nasty, and they're just so fast and explosive. I, I, I have to give the points and take the Buckeyes. I don't like it, but when I look at the numbers, when I look up the matchups, I just can't justify taking the Nittany Lions in this one. Yeah, it, it's certainly tough to do. What did you make, by the way, of that game? Uh, we got Oklahoma against TCU this week. Most people feel that, and who knows? I mean, Oklahoma's defense is horrible, and, and they may have, <laughs> uh, and, and look, I don't know what to make of them. I know that they're still on the outside looking in, but what did you make of that game against Baylor last week? I mean, Baylor was in that uh, national championship conversation. That was a meltdown like the Falcons' Super Bowl, man. Crazy ending to that. Absolutely. I mean, I just don't understand it. So I'm a little bit old school. And the one thing I've always loved about Bill Walsh and the 49ers and now Bill Belichick with the Patriots, they put the pedal to the metal. I thought Baylor was playing to run out the clock and they were hoping that their defense could slow down the Sooners. When you have Jalen Hurts and you have that explosive offense, Craig, you can't 
stop putting points on the board. You, you made the best analogy. The Falcons did the same thing. I know the Bears had a good defense, but you can't expect the Sooners to lay down. That offense can score points in bunches. I was totally shocked that Baylor gave that game away. I, I'm surprised because the narrative seems to be that Oklahoma won the game. When I watched it, I really felt Baylor lost the game, my friend. Now, now with Jalen Hurts, by the way, in, in virtually everywhere I see, nobody has him predicted to be among at least like even a first-round pick maybe in the NFL draft. Why do you think that is, John? I'm not really sure. Played it, playing in a good offense. Lincoln Riley seems to have him going in the right way, made the right call from going to Alabama to Oklahoma. And I, I guess his size is, is not big, but neither was Kyler Murray's. He also can't run as fast as Kyler Murray, but he's also very mobile. I, I think, don't you think Jalen Hurts is going to be in the NFL? Oh, there's no question in my book, having watched him. And I moved up to a second-round grade. And we haven't mentioned Tua yet, but now with Tua, this is going to place even more of a premium on someone like Jalen Hurts. I think franchises are going to have to make a decision. Do I want an injured Tua? And we don't know yet totally the recovery process. We're going to find that out. Or do I want like a Jalen Hurts? I think Jalen Hurts might squeeze into the top of the first round, my friend. He is a terrific athlete. Now, I understand that you might have to design an offense a little bit around his skill set. But look at what they've done with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore and how the Cardinals are slowly bringing Kyler Murray to prominence in the NFL. Jalen Hurts has similar traits. I don't think he's as good of a prospect as either Jackson or Murray. But I have a second-round grade, and I think on the right coaching, in the right coaching staff, in the right system, Jalen Hurts can play in the NFL, my friend. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's a little bit underrated. Uh, LSU this week, John, I don't know if you saw this, but they are 43.5-point favorites. <laughs> over Arkansas. That's the biggest spread in the history of the SEC. So I would assume really? Yeah, the biggest ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with Whoa. two SEC teams playing each other, by the way. Two yeah, SEC yeah, yeah. Teams. Yeah. Uh, so let's assume LSU wins. What do, what do you see coming down the pipe here? I, I think that, it, to me, it's a foregone conclusion at this point, and we've seen wackiness happen, but I see Clemson and Ohio State as locks to be in the college football championship. And then you have Georgia playing LSU in the SEC championship, so we'll get some determination there. We got Utah playing Oregon. We only know we know one of those guys are going to advance and then win the Pac-12, but there's still a question as to not where they could get in. And then Oklahoma is just kind of sitting out there. I know they, you know, have some tough games here down the stretch, and they're going to have to play in the Big 12 championship game as well. But how do you see this whole thing playing out? I feel like we know two of the four, I believe. But is there any chance Georgia upsets LSU? You know, I don't think so because while I like the Georgia team overall, I don't think they can slow down the Tigers enough. I mean. Every time I watch this LSU offense, I'm more and more impressed with it. Not just Joe Burrow, and granted, I think he's now going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. But when you have Jamar Chase um, and then, uh, sorry, Jamar Jefferson and Chase on the outside, I don't see how Georgia can slow them down. Now, it would be a monumental upset, in my opinion, if the Tigers were to lose that game. Georgia would have to, to me, dominate time of possession. And what I'm talking about is like the Super Bowl with the Giants. And the Bills in 1991, Georgia's going to have to control the clock for like 42 minutes. Because if you give Joe Burrow and those receivers, you know, 28 minutes of time of possession, they're going to put 40 points up on the board. So that's a two-loss Georgia. I don't think they get into the playoffs with that. So I kind of think they're on the outside, even though they're ranked number four, which I'm kind of shocked by that, Craig. I don't know if you think that. I don't really think of them as the fourth best team in the country. Obviously, the committee does. 
And obviously, without Tua, I don't know if Alabama deserves a shot there. They're not going to make the SEC championship game. So I really think it is going to be Oregon or Utah, whoever wins that Pac-12 championship game, and maybe Oklahoma slides in. But, you know, I'm not even sure if Oklahoma runs the table, my friend, the rest of the season. Because you mentioned it. That defense is so bad against the run. That is going to cost them again. Yeah, I, I think they have to put the Pac-12 champion in, man. Like, what? What's the point of having all these conferences? And look, and I'm an SEC guy, I, you know. Of course, going to yeah. the University of Florida and all that, but I got to be realistic here. And if there was ever a year not to include two teams in the SEC, this is it. Like, this is the one. And John, if if Tua was healthy, and you could set me up for that number one LSU versus number four Alabama rematch on a neutral field, I'm taking it all day long. But the point that I, I'll, I, but, but I'm not, I don't I don't want to see it. And, and the other thing that I'm scared of in this one, and Joe and I will talk about this in a little bit, is that I am scared that we could be headed toward like a, a Notre Dame situation from last year. And I know that Alabama skill wise and talent wise way ahead of Notre Dame, even with uh, not having two of there. But the, the, the committee and, and the team, they got they made a big mistake putting Notre Dame in that championship last year and that uh, college football playoff. They did not, not look like they deserved there at all. And they moved them down to the point this year where I didn't think that there was any chance that they'd let them sniff it. I mean, Claypool's a great player. But beyond that, they did not deserve to be there. And I don't want to see that again, Joe. I don't want to see an 80% Alabama go against LSU. I don't think it's going to end well for them. I happen to agree with you. And, I mean, I like the narrative of the Pac-12. And I agree with you. I like the conference championship games. And they should mean something. And I understand at times why the SEC has gotten two teams in it. I mean, I could make the argument that that is, I mean, I do think it's the strongest conference in the nation, and they do sometimes have two of the best teams. But when you have a one-loss Pac-12 champion, I don't see how that you can deny them, especially when Alabama doesn't have Tua. I mean, do you, we really want to see Matt, Matt Collins, is it? Is, or, who's the quarterback now? I, oh, my God, I can't even believe I don't remember his name. Who's quarterback Alabama in Alabama Alabama quarterback? Right? Yeah, like do um do we really want to see him in the championship game or the playoffs? Not a one loss, and not when they didn't Mac win Jones. a conference. Yeah, Matt Jones. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see it. Right? It just doesn't. Not when you have like, let's say Oregon wins. You have a top five quarterback right. in the NFL. Yeah. Right. A great offensive line. The Ducks lead the nation in interceptions. So I actually think now I think LSU would win, but I do think that the Oregon secondary can handle the LSU wide receivers as well as they can be slowed down. I mean, that's a monumental challenge. But if I had to bet anyone, I think the Ducks could do it. And why I like Oregon, they have five starting linemen who came back from last season. They play great football, and I think they can protect the quarterback and run the football against LSU. So at least we'd have a nice narrative in that game that would draw people in, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not ruling out Utah either, though. I will say this. Utah yeah, yeah. Could, yeah, Utah could definitely give the Ducks a game, but you're right, Joe, and, or uh, John, excuse me. Uh, you're, right, <laughs> no you're, you're right, John. Uh, and look, they lost the first game of the year. They've won every game since, right? Like, I mean, there, there's something to be said for that. It was a close game, and, and Auburn ended up beating them in the end. Uh, Utah had a disappointing uh, one-game stretch, but I, I, I agree with you, man. Like, I, I think it's time to put the Pac-12 in there. And they may get smoked by Clemson, literally. They could. <laughs> they they yeah. could very well get smoked. But it's time to give them an opportunity. That's kind of the way it, it shakes out. Uh, and Real quick before we go, any interesting note or game for you this week, John, that you're keeping an eye on besides anything that we've mentioned before we let you go? No, I actually, you know, we'll never, two weeks ago was just tremendous, tremendous football. But there are a couple games that I do like. You know, interesting, people don't talk about Boston College enough. 
But, and they're not a great team. But this matchup against Notre Dame has historically been interesting every once in a while. The Eagles go and beat Notre Dame. Now, it's going to be tough, but what the Eagles can do, they can run the football. Yeah, they scored oh some my. points this year. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do. So if there's a team that is built to go into Notre Dame, control the clock, and you mentioned Chase Claypool is a legitimate wide receiver. Ian Book is having a fantastic year that people are not talking about. But you need to control the clock against the Fighting Irish, especially if the, if the weather gets a little chilly. I'm very – how many yards will A.J. Dillon and this ground game get? So I think that's a very fascinating game. Now the other big one that I'm really looking forward to – USC is a very interesting team this year. If you have not been watching them, they're on their third quarterback, Craig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's Keaton Slovis. Slovis. And I was yeah. looking, in the last month, he has passed in four games over 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, and he has thrown for over 400 in three of those games. The reason why is because they can't run the football. They literally are, I think, on their fourth running back. They have a true freshman who they wanted to redshirt, my friend, but they had to keep them on the field because they can't. They need someone in the backfield. So I'm looking forward to USC, UCLA, and then, of course, SMU Navy is also a very nice game, you know, in that time slot at 3.30. All right, John, have a great weekend. Appreciate it, and have a good Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you in two weeks. You too. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoy the football. There he is, the Gridiron Scholar, Johnny Lobb. We'll be back with the best of the first hour after this. Don't go away. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. So let's assume LSU wins. What do you, what do you see coming down the pipe here? I think that, it, to me, it's a foregone conclusion at this point, and we've seen wackiness happen. But I see Clemson and Ohio State as locks to be in the college football championship. And then you have Georgia playing LSU in the SEC championship, so we'll get some determination there. We got Utah playing Oregon. We only know we know one of those guys are going to advance and then win the Pac-12, but there's still a question as to not where they could get in. And then Oklahoma is just kind of sitting out there. I know they, you know, have some tough games here down the stretch, and they're going to have to play in the Big 12 championship game as well. But how do you see this whole thing playing out? I feel like we know two of the four, I believe. But is there any chance Georgia upsets LSU? You know, I don't think so because while I like the Georgia team overall. I don't think they can slow down the Tigers enough. I mean, every time I watch this LSU offense, I'm more and more impressed with it. Not just Joe Burrow, and granted, I think he's now going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. But when you have Jamar Chase um, and then, uh, sorry, Jamar Jefferson and Chase on the outside, I don't see how Georgia can slow them down. Now, it would be a monumental upset, in my opinion if the Tigers were to lose that game. Georgia would have to, to me, dominate time of possession. And what I'm talking about is like the Super Bowl with the Giants and the Bills in 1991. Georgia's going to have to control the clock for like 42 minutes. Because if you give Joe Burrow and those receivers 
you know, 28 minutes of time of possession. They're going to put 40 points up on the board. So that's a two-loss Georgia. I don't think they get into the playoffs with that. So I kind of think they're on the outside, even though they're ranked number four, which I'm kind of shocked by that, Craig. I don't know if you think that. I don't really think of them as the fourth best team in the country. Obviously, the committee does. And obviously, without Tua, I don't know if Alabama deserves a shot there. They're not going to make the SEC championship game. So I really think it is going to be Oregon or Utah, whoever wins that Pac-12 championship game. And maybe Oklahoma slides in. But, you know, I'm not even sure if Oklahoma runs the table, my friend, the rest of the season. Because you mentioned it. That defense is so bad against the run. That is going to cost them again. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today, hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand. This is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today. 